Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. And let's plan on getting it done together. I'm Rosie, here with my son, Romy, my wife, sweet Jennifer, and our broadcast engineer, Mr. Gary D. Here every Saturday morning for the purpose of doing what we got to do to become every Arizona homeowner's best friend. We're going to become your best friend by informing you, educating you, and entertaining you about anything and everything that has to do with your house, home, castle, or cabin, from the foundations to the rooftop. If there's something you want to try and get done, we've been doing it here in Arizona, from Nogales to Flagstaff, from Ehrenberg to Eager. All across the state of Arizona, we've been building and remodeling since the mid-70s. Give us a call. Let us know what it is you're trying to tackle and see if we can't put our experience to work for you. If it's something you're trying to do yourself, a project you're trying to get started, let us help you lay it out. Uh, More often than not, we hear about the projects people are trying to finish. They start compulsively and they stay half finished indefinitely. And People have decided, let's just get them wrapped up. Well, we can help you with that as well. And then if it's a project you're not particularly interested in tackling yourself, rosieonthehouse.com website has the number one most powerful contractor referral directory in the entire state. If you're looking for remodelers in Tucson, Maricopa County, up in Yavapai County, we've got Rosie certified contractors in virtually every category in Maricopa County and in many categories down in Pima and Pinal and Yavapai County as well. Check us out at rosieonthehouse.com and see if we can't help you out just a little bit. one 767 That's one 888 for you I'd imagine uh, a couple of our roofers are probably going to have a Full voicemails and, and inboxes come <laughs> when they when they come back to work on Monday morning. Rain on the weekend. If you are experiencing a leak in your home, you're not the only one. Every time it rains, thousands of roofs leak, and every roofer gets busy. And the best thing to do is, is be patient. Don't worry. If you see wet spots, poke a hole with a nail, and uh, that way the water can drip out and put your pan underneath, collect that rainwater, and wait till they can uh, can come out. Just know you're going to have to be a little patient because yes. everybody, you're not the only one experiencing a roof leak right and, now. And, and this kind of rain is different than our monsoon driving rains. This is that low, slow soaker, and it leaks in different ways than the monsoon driving rain. Absolutely. And, and I don't know what we've got today, but I mean, it's, it's, we've got a, what, what time did it wake you up? Did it wake you up this morning or were you still oh, up? <laughs> yeah, no, we, we had an early start and yeah. it, it was not raining at one. It wasn't raining at one in the morning. Well, we, I woke up uh, shortly after that with uh, rain on the, on the roof that you could hear and on the skylight. So that was nice. We've another, another fairly wet winter. It's been an absolutely gorgeous winter uh, for the desert environment and middle and northern Arizona is supposed to see as much as 15 inches of snow here. So, And we've already broken a record on this date for rainfall. This is Sky Harbor now. 
uh, now this was about an hour ago, up to 0.46 inches. That breaks a record of 0.45 that was set in 1913. A half wow. inch of rain today breaks a record that dates back to 19, over a hundred year record. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty wow. amazing. And I mean, uh, from the studios here, we can look at uh, Camelback sometimes because <laughs> right. it's been, uh, there was a few times it was raining so hard I couldn't even see it right here off the left corner of my mic. Really nice. Yeah. So this would be a good opportunity because you're not going to be outside being able to get a lot done. Sit down with a notepad and a pencil and let's talk about that project that you've been thinking about and let us give you that little kickstart on tricks of the trade, the tools to use, and tips that we've put together. One, by being actually out there doing them during the week, as well as being on the air for 30 years. We've collected a lot of data and information just from people that hear the questions and call in all week long and give us ancillary information that we just pile in on top of it. And we've become like a clearinghouse, our website, is like an encyclopedia for Arizona home ownership. And baby, folks, homeowners, it's 100% free. Every question we've taken on the air for the past 30 years is in our website. Questions to probably every question you could ever have about your Arizona home is there. And it's answered by someone building and remodeling in Arizona. You can only find that at rosieonthehouse.com. Shall we get to a couple calls? People have loaded up here. They want to visit with us. You can reach us by dialing one 767 4348 Let's start with Joyce calling from Mesa. Good morning, Joyce. Good morning. How can we help you today? Uh, I have several cracks and I'm assuming they're settling cracks. I moved into my house in 2000, or it was built in 2003, and there was just this one crack, and I've lived here now seven years, and there's numerous cracks throughout the house, ceiling, walls, okay. grout, everywhere. Okay, the size, uh, the size of the cracks are going to be important, as well as the location of the cracks. So tell me first, are the oldest cracks... The width of a pencil lead or the width of a pencil? Uh, it would be probably a little bigger than the pencil lead. Okay. The first original one. Okay. And you first saw that when? Right when we moved in in 2007. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Now start describing to me where these earliest cracks were showing up. Uh, ceiling, and it seems like it's on the, the seam of the sheetrock. Where the ceiling meets the wall? It, well, in spots. In others, it's just where the sheetrocks meet, where the four by eights, but uh, up to one another, there okay. also. Okay. The, uh, where uh, the ceiling meets, meets the walls, the drywall, the tape drops down. Okay in some areas too okay so that's where all the oldest cracks are and they're a little bit larger than a pencil lead how about the newest cracks where are they showing up uh ceilings uh walls everywhere i just was walking around looking and found some more some of them are by bull noses okay uh, do you have any of them 
emanating from the corners of doors and windows? Yes. Okay. I, I've noticed some uh, by the windows. And do your and, windows, and by the door. if I want to open one of your windows, do I slide it? Uh, or do not, I, the ones that, not the ones that where the cracks are, they do not open at all. Okay, all right. Do any sliding windows or doors in the house, have they become hard to open or close? No. Okay. I don't think you've got a serious settling problem in the way of foundation. You obviously have a house that's trying to find a happy place to live with itself, and it probably is just going to be cosmetic. You are welcome, Joyce, to shoot a couple pictures of those and send it to info at rosieonthehouse.com. Put in there, in the, in the subject bar, put today's date and just put broadcast question today's date. That will speed your email up to my desk significantly. We'll get hundreds of emails a week. And if I know I talk to you on air, we kind of move those to the front of the list. But from what you're telling me, uh, I'm not thinking you have a serious structural settling problem. Uh, We may have a little bit of cosmetics. I want to look at the actual cracks you're seeing. We'll probably get in there and do some experimental. What I could tell you is take some masking tape and tape it perpendicular to the cracks, uh, about three inches long. And let's see if that tape starts tearing or wrinkling over the next 30 to 60 days to tell us whether or not there's still movement or if things move to the point now they've stabilized. That's going to be one of the first tests that we want to see. But you get those pictures into me. I'll take a look at it. Please provide me your email or phone number, and I'll give you a call. Uh, Those kind of cracks sometimes cause more concern than they're worth. Let me look at them, and I'll see if that's your case. Every line is full, so we're going to try and get one more in before the break. Joanna and Scottsdale, you're next. Go ahead. Hey, good morning. I have a lot going on here, and Romy, thanks for recommending poking a hole in my ceiling. Because, yeah, we've got a little leak in addition to that, to what's going on here. Oh, no. I have, that's okay. That's not my biggest issue. I've got a hot water slab leak, and I found that, and I've got sautillo tile. I found that because the floor was delightfully warm. <laughs> yeah. And um, that's, there is no water coming up. But um, so I'm in the, in the throes of getting estimates. Uh, I did a, a leak detection. They've marked it out. Okay. And it's, the, leak, the leak is supposedly to my master bathroom tub manifold. Okay. Um, and that's, but it's on the opposite side of the house. So the recommendation is either. Uh, jackhammer the floor to get to the right to the copper pipes or put in packs and open up my walls because there's limited I've got a crawl space in that portion of the house so oh, I'd like to know I'd like to know what your idea is as far as do you like packs Joanne what's um, what's the vintage of your home how old is the copper? 1992 1992 okay um that copper should still have plenty of good life left in it. Sautia tile is something that we can cut, remove, uh, open the slab, 
make the repair, put it back together, and and sautilla tile patches pretty well if it's a sautilla that's still currently made. There was a San Marcos tile that they quit manufacturing 20 years ago, and people mistake it for sautilla tile because it is the red clay uh, pelotop type tile that we can't find anymore. But if it's a tile we can replace, I would tell you, I would go through the floor, repair the copper. That copper probably still has at least another 20 good years to it. Uh, and I'd, I, I personally would go that route. If it was a tile we couldn't replace, if it was a tile that was hard to find, if it was a floor covering we couldn't patch, then you are got to go to the pecs. And it's not that we don't like the pecs, but um, when you can keep a water line underground, your cold water in the summer is there. When we start putting water lines in the walls and in the attics uninsulated, you're never going to have cold water uh, for, for six months out of the year again. Like rainy night in Georgia and Kentucky rain, here comes that rainy day feeling again. Blue eyes crying in the early morning rain. They go on and on, and there's no two the same. Oh, it would be easy to blame all these songs about rain. We love the rain here, though. Songs You'll never hear me rain. crying about rain in Arizona. Well, we're talking to Joanne in Scottsdale, and one other thing uh, that we didn't talk about, she was looking at replacing a water leak in a copper line uh, underneath her slab, is a product, it's a service and a product called New Flow. And they specialize. Go ahead. Yeah, for your, for your waistlines. And yeah, f- yeah, New Flow is the waistline, but they do have a different system the company does for lining water supply lines. And in a lot of cases, that can work as well. So when they epoxy line, you know, we, we don't know how long it will take water to corrode epoxy. Uh, we've got a, an, a, a, a fairly decent um, idea with copper, Track depending record, yeah. on, you know, the gauge of it, A, B, or C, copper, you know, it's going to last 30, 40, 50 years. You know, you epoxy line the interior of that, is that going to last 100 years, <laughs> 200 years, 1,000 years? We're not quite sure how long how long that'll last. But before you start a jackhammering, I, I would call New Flow and talk to them and just see if, you know, they'll— They'll be able to talk you through it on the phone, whether it's even worth them to come and take a trip out, because there's a limited application for this service. Um, but after a conversation with them, uh, and it's worth a, a trip out and see if maybe maybe we can suck epoxy through your supply line and save you from jackhammering, might be the route you want to go. But there, There's one more option? There's one more option, and we're still at Joanne's house before we get to Ferdinando and Kevin. Uh, and an open line for you at one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight Rosie for you. You also wanted to talk about air conditioning. Absolutely. So um, the question that I have: um, my both my hot water heater and my air conditioner are fifteen years old. So it's time for me to change those out. I'm I'm pretty clear on going with a true tankless um, hot water heater because of the space. 
it's going to increase my space dramatically in my ho- in my in my laundry room. The question that I have for my heat is a heat pump. Is the two people that have come in to give me estimates are recommending a larger unit, a four ton unit, going up from uh, three and a half. So I'd like your opinion on that. I mean, what kind of questions do I ask? Well, you ask them. Did you complain? That the existing system was having trouble keeping the house as comfortable as you like it? Mm, not really, but okay. yeah, it could be better. Okay. Well, you're dealing with a 15-year-old piece of equipment. Yeah. Um, uh, we generally tell people uh, when you are shopping air conditioners, we want the air conditioning contractor to actually show us the manual J calculation to determine what the BTU load is of that particular home. And I tell people all the time, Joanne, that when you're looking at a 15-year-old piece of equipment with the new two-stage and variable speed compressors, you can almost always go down at least a half a ton. When we replaced both the air conditioners on my house and the units were 15 years old, I cut a ton and a half off of my house. I spent less on the equipment. I spend less on the bills, and my house is more comfortable. What you want, Joanne, in air conditioning is for a smaller unit to come on and run longer as opposed to a larger unit shutting on and off and on and off. I'm not saying they're wrong. But I would challenge them, and I would say, I want to see your manual J calculation while you re- while, while you are recommending me go up. Two-stage, 16-seer, uh, today's equipment, I'm, I would bet dimes to donuts we could cut a half a ton off your house. And you'd spend less on the equipment, you'd spend less on air conditioning, and your house would be more comfortable, and the indoor air quality would be better. So, for all of those reasons, I would challenge them. And if they're a Rosie on now certified air conditioning contractor has been out to your house, and they haven't shown you the manual calculation, I want to know who they are so I can spank them. And tankless is great, but it's not right for everyone. We have an incredible hour with All About Water on when it's right for you to go tankless. You can get it, Rosie, on thehouse.com. Oh, foxy lady. Second segment of the 10 o'clock hour, time for our weekly home maintenance to do. And today it's all about switching and upgrading our light bulbs to LEDs. And if you haven't figured out by the music yet, we've got a representative from Fox Valley Electric, September Tanner. Welcome into the program. You're the service manager for Fox Valley Electric. I am. Thank you. What's the benefits of going to an LED? Not a CFL. Forget CFLs. That's that's old technology, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so with the LED, of course, it's more cost efficient. That's one of the main things. You can get multiple colors as well. A lot of people like that kind of blue tint to it rather than the amber look and all. So those are definitely two of the main. And they may cost a little bit more up front, but they even last longer than the CFLs and longer than the incandescent. When CFL came out, they were touting, you know, 75% less than an incandescent. Well, they're touting an LED as even how much more efficient than a, than a CFL? 
The LEDs use only about 10% of the energy of a traditional light bulb. They last up to about 15 years, so you rarely have to change those ones. So about another 25% over your CFLs. And, you know, we've seen a lot of problems with them. You hang them upside down. Sometimes they don't always work. Mm -hmm. You can't always dim them. An LED pretty much, it's not a, a, a traditional light, what we think of it as a light bulb. And, and that's really what makes it efficient. There's no wires to burn out when you flick the switch on and you hear the pshh. Right, right. It, it's not a light bulb, but it acts like one. It's actually a tiny semiconductor that generates light when electricity passes through it. So like if you have a microwave or a DVD player with a digital display, it most likely has LED. And we're not talking that when you say microwave, we're not talking about microwaves through your lights. This is just the lights on the front of the screen. Correct. Correct. <laughs> we're not putting microwaves throughout our house with these LED bulbs. I hope not. <laughs> no. And you said the blue color, you know, I, I know uh, incandescence and fluorescence and CFLs, a lot of people can have a reaction to their eyes to those. Yeah, it's it's a lot gentler on the eyes, so it's not as aggravating when you're sitting in an office all day. It's not going to aggravate your eyes like the incandescent. And there's a lot of different frequency that we can add to it with dimmers. So you can have it for really bright at certain times or reading lights or ambient light or night lighting. We can really control, and because they're already so much more efficient than our existing ones you know in some cases if we've got dark hallways we can we can keep those lit 24 7 for just fractions of pennies yes yeah exactly one of the things when cfls came out is they weren't all created equal and i would imagine that's probably the same for led lights not every manufacturer is the same quality and consistency and reputation do you have a certain brands that you can direct people to as they're shopping through the shelves um, like I said, I would definitely do the Helco. I mean, the, the better brand you buy, the longer it's going to last. So, And y'all believe Helco is one of those? H-A-L-C-O? Mm-hmm. What will a LED, like we're looking here at the studio and we've got a three light fixture hanging above. What would it cost to pull out those three CFLs and put three LEDs up there? Um, if you get a good brand, a decent brand, at least you're going to pay about $12 a piece for them. $12 for something that's supposed to last 15 years. So at the end of it, you're down to less than a buck a year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty nice. That's that's efficiency. And th that's a minimum. There's nothing to say that if it's in a room you use, you know, rarely, it couldn't it could last you 30 years if it's a guest room that only gets used at holidays. Yeah, you may never change it. It may just stay there the whole time. One of the annoying things about the CFLs is there was a certain way you had to dispose of it. You got to put it back in its packaging, bring it back to the hardware store. If you broke it, there was a certain procedure you had to follow to clean it up, yada, yada, yada. Any of those kind of uh, precautions or, or things that apply to LEDs? No, no. Those all had mercury in them. So that was the huge issue. These ones do not have that. It's, I mean, you're done with it. Take it out, put it in the trash. Good to go. Thus far, we've been talking all interior. Can you install these on exterior fixtures as well? I know when we go do a lot of landscape lighting, it requires specialty fixtures and this and that. Could you go into those fixtures and just switch them out with LEDs? Yeah. Nothing to be aware, worried about of water or any kind of weather issues? No. No. I mean, a lot of times when you're putting the outdoor fixtures, you want them 
you know, depending on where they're going, you're going to get them. They're going to be sill tight, waterproof anyhow. But other than that, I mean, you're just changing the bulb. Now, at $12 a pop, obviously, most of us aren't just going to go out and buy brand new LEDs for our entire home right away. And over the course of a year or two years, you can then have this completely converted over and 15, 20 years be set until your next burnout. That is pretty efficient. It is. It's, it's pretty amazing. Service manager, September Tanner from Fox Valley Electric. Y'all service Maricopa County for just about anything and everything, residential electric, and even a commercial division if somebody's got a business or a place of work that needs a little bit of electrical service. They could reach Fox Valley Electric. They sure can. Residential, commercial, any electrical needs, we're here for you at 623-587-7370. You can find them at the electrical category at Rosie on the house.com. And that's your weekly home maintenance to do. You can download the Rosie on the House digital app at rosieonthehouse.com slash app. And premium users can update that uh, feature in their weekly to-dos. And as you replace your light bulbs with LEDs, add that to your home's profile to increase the value for resale of an for eventual resale, and then at the point they do burn out, the next user, if it's not you in the home, can see what and where the light bulbs came from so they can keep that great LED consistency and efficiency. Fox Valley Electric, you can find them at the electrical category at Rosie on thehouse.com. Romy, as long as we're on the electrical question, let's take Fernando uh, calling in from Levine with an electrical dilemma. Good morning, Fernando. Hey, good morning, fellas. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. What you got? So here's here's what happened. This morning, I smelled something really bad. I thought, who's welding in the rain? And before I knew it, an exterior outlet on our home was on fire. And we've we've lived in this home since 2011. I've always been concerned about this outlet because it's on a on a wall that doesn't have any awning over it. Okay. And so my I'm I'm comfortable working with electricity, but here's where I get worried. <laughs> when I turned off the power, I pulled the outlet. It's a 15 amp GC GFCI and I'm comfortable rewiring those, but what I noticed is when I got in there, the Romex, the insulation it burnt, and mm-hmm. I don't know how far into the wall that goes. Oh. And, I, and I'm comfortable opening up that wall, getting to that Romex. My question is, how how far do I dig into it? Do I stop when it gets discolored, or do I keep checking that insulation if it's brittle and, and keep working back? And then is my rationale correct that I would have to build a junction box to connect the new Romex to the existing Romex. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're exactly on track there. You're never going to want to splice wires inside a wall and not leave access to that splice. So uh, open it up, get back to where the wire's in good shape, put, mount yourself a junction box, create that as a junction box. And if this is on the outside without any weather protection, do you have, are these in weatherproof outside covers? They, they're in an older looking, the home was built in 2004. Okay. And so I was also going to ask you, am I okay going through all my other junction boxes, pulling the, the old cover off, putting a new bead of silicone and, and, and sealing it that way? 
or is it worth the trouble to just pull them all and put on these new these newer big honking waterproof boxes? Well, I would I would go with a waterproof box as opposed to caulking everything in place in the point you ever needed to service them in the future. You got to make your way through that caulk, which can be kind of cumbersome and razor blade knives in there around a receptacle and stuff like that. I'd go to a waterproof box. But if that is a GFCI circuit and and you actually have the reset button right there on that outlet. Yes, sir. Hmm, it is very peculiar that that didn't trip fast enough to stop the problem you've got. You may go back to the electric panel and replace the breaker mm-hmm. back at the panel with a GFCI okay. uh, breaker and then refeed it. And what I would do uh, is once the receptacle is put in, I'd have a GFCI tester and I'd plug it in and I would deliberately try and trip that GFCI. You can buy those testers and uh, trip mechanisms for just about 10 or 12 bucks at most hardware stores. Uh, but I would, I would, if, if you're going to try and do it yourself, I'd get one of those manual trippers and I'd make it trip five or six times just to make sure it's stopping. Cause it should have stopped before it got to the amount of damage. It sounds like this got to. So man, please proceed with extreme caution. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. I always appreciate your show. Okay. Um, that I'm guessing has something to do with a, a moisture related issue, water getting into the junction box, but that GFCI should have tripped in a nanosecond. I, I, that's the first thing I was thinking of in the back of my mind. Why didn't it trip? Yeah, that, that, and it, uh, and it, uh, it may have with a, I don't know. That's very confusing. I'd put the breaker back at the panel box. That's pretty much how we do it anymore. Anyway, a lot of times we'll leave them out there where they trip so you don't have to make a, like in bathrooms, we put them in there so if the hairdryer blows it, you can reset it right there. You don't have to go outside to the panel box and reset it. But I like if it trips, that it's tripping all the way back at the source rather than tripping right there at the delivery point like this and causing a problem that electrical scares me fernando and I, I again i would just tell you proceed with extreme caution i've i've got enough screwdrivers with arc welded bead tips on the end of it that uh i don't know the older i get it it takes a lot for me to pull out my electrical toolbox anymore more often than not i just call somebody and say could you could you come check this out? I don't only use an amp tester, but I also have a circuit testing pin that you push the button and you wave it in the general area, and it tells you if there's still current there at all. Some junction boxes you kill. It may be a junction box that's fed by more than one breaker, and uh, I I just don't take <laughs> I just don't take any chances. I'm with you on that, and then we had a caller. Wanting to know if those LED lights we were talking uh, to September about were available in three-way. And, yes, you, you don't need any special precautions on a three-way switch for for the LED. So they'll work just fine. 
Okay. And I don't think we're going to sneak Kevin in. We've not got this, uh, not this site, but we, got, we will. We're coming up against a break, so we'll take him right after that. And I wanted to see if you saw this that the city of Tempe is unveiling an upgrade to its city building. You think the upside down pyramid? Yeah. That that's where the permit department's in there, isn't it? You think you'll get an upgrade in, in your, in your building permit know. process with the new renovation I I th- upgrade? I think I, do, I think it's more an administration issue than it is a structure issue. Do you think uh, <laughs> in their $2.3 million renovation of this building, they had to pull permits through their own system? Yeah, they yeah they would do that, yeah. So, you think so they'd the be job, motivated to so, clean up that process so, now? So, so the job's going to get started two months later than they think that it is. We're going to get it all wrapped up here today at your house. Let's wrap the show up with our last call that's uh, made it through the screening process. Mr. Kevin calling from Phoenix. Kevin, how can we help you, my friend? Yeah, I've got an outdoor patio. I just got done rocking, taping, and mudding. About 400 square feet ceiling. um, That I've, I've got some joint compound left, and I've heard some people will actually you know, put joint compound up as their texture. And I was just curious on maybe what you would do. Would you run joint compound or would you actually buy some of that, that other texturing stuff that they sell? Did you just roll on? Um, it, it doesn't matter. I would, I would select whatever look I liked, but that's not what's critical. You've hung the sheetrock on a patio Mm -hmm. and on the outside Mm -hmm. edges, it probably butts up against a fascia board right a a piece of wood it ends on the outside edges against a piece of wood right Mm -hmm. correct okay that's where you have to spend all your attention detailing when you finish texturing it any way you want prime it with an exterior Uh acrylic primer then i want you to use Mm -hmm. silicone caulk on that outside edge it's very critical you don't allow the humidity to creep in around those edges because that's what's going to make the texture and the tape fall off in time. If you'll seal that outside edge of sheetrock up, hit it with a coat of primer, and then two good coats of paint, you can expect a good 10 to 12 years out of a sheetrock patio ceiling. If you don't caulk it and you don't cover it adequately with good paint, you're only going to get three to five years out of it and the tape will start coming down. So use those two uh, extra measures uh, of craftsmanship and you'll double the life of that drywall ceiling. I appreciate it. That's great. Good information. I'll do that. Thank you. Okay, bud. And one more thing that a drywaller taught me is... You're still looking to texture the drywall before you paint it, right? Yeah. In that, whatever texture you're doing, there's concrete hardeners that are powder that you can mix into your joint compound. You add that concrete hardener into that drywall compound, and that'll make it even more stronger. uh, Moisture resistant, for sure. Yeah. It's like a floor stone powder product uh, that you just sprinkle on the top of your uh, joint compound in the mud pan. Mix it in real good. Uh, it does tend to make the drywall mud take off on you faster, so be prepared for that. But it does make for a much more durable 
exterior uh, drywall application. But the key is keeping the moisture off that drywall, not let the humidity sneak in around the edges, and not letting surface moisture penetrate the paint. Caulk the outside edges and two good layers of paint over one good layer of primer, and you're going to be in good shape. And we've got two tickets for, or two sets of tickets for the Renaissance Festival. We better finish up before we wrap up the hour and get out of here. If you'd like to go to the Renaissance Festival, although probably not today, well, <laughs> it, I bet it's not bad. It, it, it looks kind of dry. from. It's not raining at the moment from our window. But we'll drop these in the mail to you. Just text Renaissance to 411-923. And the tickets are good through the end of March. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you can, can go. save it for a sunny day. Absolutely. So just text Renaissance to 411923. We'll pick two random texters, drop them in the mail. We did get um, Kim and Scott Still won the Suns tickets. And then it looks like uh, uh, someone in Tempe was the winner of the Coyotes tickets. So Great. thank you, everyone, for tuning in. In a way of becoming every Arizona homeowner's best friend, I'd like to just reach out. It has become aware to me. By personal experience, that scammers are refining and developing their way of scamming you. Romy, I was sitting at my house, and the home phone landline rung. You still have one of those? I do. I do. Uh, Jennifer wants to get rid of it, but I haven't let her yet. Um, And it was a publisher clearinghouse. And they say, uh, you have won $10,000 a week for life and a SUV, but we need some information first. And I said, no, not interest. I hung up. They called me back two more times saying they were publishers clearinghouse and I had won and the, and the winner and the, the team was on the way to my house to give me the gift. And they were actually using the names of executives that are on the Publishing Clearinghouse website. Wow. And so I said, well, if they're on their way, you already know my address. I'll start some water and some hot tea and cold tea, and I'll be waiting for them. Goodbye. They never showed up. But they're trying to get information from you. And so now when you have scammers willing to repeat their phone calls to you, Folks, just be on alert. Jennifer Googled this, and apparently it's a rampant scam going throughout. So never give your personal information out. Don't give any information out for any phone call you haven't personally solicited. Folks, we get calls all the time by people being taken advantage of by unscrupulous contractors. We can't do anything about that unless they're a rosy on the house. And then it would never happen in the first place. We cannot help you solve a contractor problem unless you've used a Rosie certified contractor. 